Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is always game day in Buffalo. It feels like that because Bills fans are so tuned in and so dialed in to what's happening with their football team. And now we're getting to crunch time. Sal Capaccio, WGR Sports Radio 550. Matt Bove, WKBW-TV Channel 7 Sports Director in Buffalo. Matt, a uh, really just a domination from the Bills against the Denver Broncos on Saturday, man. And then you get to kind of look back on Sunday and think about, man, this team is just really, really good. Well, to me, I think the biggest takeaway was the depth. And if I was watching that game from a Broncos standpoint, I think I would be a little bit concerned. And I know that the Bills starters played and the Broncos starters didn't. But the Bills starters played for two series. Yeah. Even if you take those two series out of it, and wipe off those 14 points, the Bills still just absolutely dominate this game. So the biggest takeaway for me is that if there are injuries, and of course you want to avoid those at all costs, but if there are injuries to the Bills, I feel like they've got some pretty strong depth. Now that's not completely across the board. There's positions that are stronger than other positions, but when you see their depth players go against other depth players, I think it's kind of eye-opening, and that also goes back to the first preseason game because the Bills started slow in that game, kind of a role reversal when their depth players were going up against the Colts starters, but then once their second and third teamers were able to go against other backups, they kind of ran away with the game. So to me, two games into the preseason, I think maybe the Bills have some better depth than we give them credit for. So those are my big takeaways, and maybe the biggest thing of all is no major injuries. That was my biggest thing. We both talked on the last episode of the podcast, I wouldn't have let Josh played, but I guess if you can see what you need to see in three throws and six plays, then every it's a win-win for everybody, I guess. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it goes back to and kind of bolsters my kind of theory of why the Bills have won now 10 straight preseason games. It's because preseason is about your backups, really. And they have much better backups down their roster. So as you get late in games, especially these close games and comebacks we've seen over the years from them. They just have more guys to be able to do that in those situations than most teams. The only like downside, of, it's so weird to say it like this, right? Like I'm thinking back and I'm like, I mean, they dominated them, mm-hmm. but in a way you almost like, it's hard to evaluate when they're so much better, right? Isn't it hard to kind of evaluate and pick apart guys when everything's rolling and everybody just seems so much better than their opponent? Yeah, I think I actually learned more from the game against the Colts than I did from the game against the Broncos just because they just 
were on cruise control, really from the start of the game till the end of the game. Every unit kind of did what you expected them to do. It's such like a commonly used cliche in whether it's TV or in radio or whatever it is, the more questions than answers. But I kind of left the game with more questions about how the 53 is going to ultimately be pieced together and not really questions about how good or how deep the bills are because we knew that going in. And then we were reminded of that after just a quarter of football, we saw Josh Allen just look like a freak of nature throwing 40 yards off of his back foot with ease. We saw Stefan Diggs make some plays. We saw all of the running backs look good and all of these different layers of people who look good make those decisions become that much harder because you're going to have to let people go. You're going to have to cut players who probably would make almost every other 53 around the NFL. So Matt and I are actually going to have our own 53-man roster projections during this particular podcast on It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. And we welcome you to download it, as always. Listen however you can, but please subscribe. Give us a subscribe, a subscription, if you will. It's free, right? I mean, why not? And as soon as we uh, have a new one, it just pops up into your podcast app, your browser, however you pod. It's right there. It's Apple iTunes. It's Spotify. It's all of our Odyssey platforms. We're going to be doing it throughout the regular season a couple times a week. We're going to get one in this week before the next game in Carolina because it's such a quick turnaround, so a little chance for us to digest everything. Then we'll give you a couple before the Bills you know, get back on the road for their week one game against the Rams. But in this podcast, we are actually going to give our own 53-man roster projection. And you go back to Saturday, 42-15 to 15 over the Denver Broncos. So after every game, Matt, I do an arrow up, arrow down column at WGR550.com. You know, everybody's got their own kind of what went right, what went wrong kind of thing, who looked good, who looked bad. That's mine. We did arrow up, arrow down ourselves, you know, from the uh, training camp earlier. I had a tough time with arrow down. Was there anything yeah. that wasn't good? I, the only thing I could come up with was kit coverage. And then some people suggested me tackling, which I agree with was good. I, I gave that one, but I couldn't think of many. It was hard because there was so much that went right in this game. A little, it's nitpicky stuff. Right. And the fact that we're even talking about some of these things is probably indicative of just how good they looked and how much of just a steamroll it was. I, I mean, I guess... Kyer Elam, we've talked about some problems being a little bit too handsy and whether yeah. they're going to lean on him. And he had another penalty on a play where they could have probably called multiple penalties. So maybe that was something that I would point to. Uh, arrow down to Sean McDermott for letting Matt Hawk be the one punt, not Matt Ariza be the one punt. Like, come on, dude. I want to see Matt Ariza if I'm there. So, I mean, I would say maybe those things. I would have said on that first drive of the game against the Broncos, I guess, primary backups the bills defense had some tackling issues that was a bit concerning but even though it was the starters it was the starters without a lot of the guys who will start so you kind of take that with a grain of salt and then yeah i mean the special teams coverage wasn't great but what would you expect without saran without taiwan without medikevich so like i guess that also kind of comes with the terror i mean it's way more arrows up than arrows down after saturday yeah, and as far as the first defense and tackling, it was an arrow down. It was not very good. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. It's also kind of the first time that that group is tackling live in a setting like that. Throughout training camp, they do up thud. It's very rare they actually tackle live to the ground. And even when they do it in training camp, you know, they're the starters. They're not trying to hurt themselves or their teammates, right? I mean, they're they're not they're saying that they're going light necessarily, but they're trying to be as careful as possible in those situations. So, you know. Now they're doing this in a live situation. I thought it got better as the game went on. But really, I mean, Matt, I think as, as much as like the defense did look good, obviously, against the 
Broncos backups, it didn't matter if it was the Bills starters or the Bills backups on offense. It was absolutely incredible. I thought the offensive line was just amazing, dominant the whole game. I think Aaron Cromer's done a phenomenal job with this group. And you look at the offense overall. I mean, they had over 500 yards, over 300, I think it's 333, I believe, in the first half. And the quarterback stats, let me just throw this out to everybody. It's stupid. 26 of 29. That's close to 90%, 89.6. 302 yards, two touchdowns, no, intercept, no interceptions, 90% from the three guys combined. Case Keenum had fewer incomplete passes this week than turnovers he had last huh. week. That's amazing. He had three turnovers in the first game, and everybody, you know, this guy is falling. Is this guy? even the backup quarterback. And then he had two incomplete passes in the first half of this game. So the guy that you shouted out though, Aaron Cromer, yeah. I was talking to a couple players after the game, just kind of about that. Like what has Aaron Cromer kind of brought to your system, brought to your team. And I think it's a really interesting layer because I know we've both talked to Eric Wood about this. And Eric Wood has said like, this guy's a genius. Like he is such a good coach. And I feel like their schemes now might let them be a little bit more creative with the personnel that they have. And I think we've already started to see that with some of the players who are kind of left for dead these last couple of years, who now seem to be trending in the right direction. Now that doesn't mean that they're going to live up the potential that they maybe once had, but still these guys might be able to provide solid depth for the bills. And I feel like you need depth on both lines. That's maybe the most important thing. And I feel like a big reason why those players are trending in the direction is because of Aaron Cromer. And Oh, by the way, the running backs look really good. And I bet he has something to do with that too. Like they're going through Sal. I'm not kidding. Everybody likes to say like, Oh, I could have went through that hole, but on Zach Moss's first touchdown with the blocking from Cody Ford on the right side and, and Reggie Gilliam swinging over and like kind of sealing the edge. Zach Moss could have literally walked through that hole. He did not have to run. He did not have to jog. He could have grabbed the ball and walked the two yards into the end zone. Yeah. I mean, you look at the running back stats. I'm going to pull it up for for myself again right now. I was looking at them. I wrote about them overall running the running backs. Blackshear, 58 yards. Johnson, 55. Singletary, 39. Cook, 38. Moss, 19. But here's what jumps out at you. Yards per carry, respectively. 11.6, 6.1, 9.8, 9.5, even 4.8, which was the low mark. I mean, Matt, every time these guys got a carry, they were just breaking off chunk after chunk after chunk. And oh, by the way, here comes Gabe Davis just to catch two catches for over 40 yards and a touchdown. Were the was the 4.8 Zach Moss? It was, yeah. And he got and the you know what? Like, and he had the two ones at the yeah. goal line. So I it's know, almost right? like that would have been higher if he <laughs> didn't right. have those two kind of like leveling the average right. out. So I, I think that. Zach Moss, I was impressed with, and we've talked about it on the pod a lot now. I think Zach Moss is going to have a bigger role on this team than a lot of people yep. think, and I think it's going to kind of be that role. It's going to be like the goal line back and also like the really obvious passing downs when you want somebody who's going to be a really strong blocker in there, and you don't plan on having the running back involved. I was also really impressed with James Cook just compared to what we saw in the first game, and that was a very limited sample size, but there's just something about James Cook that's just like, I, I don't know what it is. I saw Tyler Dunn, our old buddy was posting about it on social media and the way he compared it was he, he's not saying that James Cook is Alvin Kamara because that's you know we got a long way to go but he was saying kind of the way he moves looks so effortless 
And Kamara also kind of has that vibe to him when you watch him. Like he's running and it doesn't look like he's going super fast, but it also looks like he's just kind of getting wetty, ready, wetty, yeah. <laughs> getting wet. He's getting ready <laughs> getting to his feet just, wet, right? Yeah. 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 He's just getting ready to kind of click it into second gear. So I like James Cook. I think we saw a lot from he broke off a 19 yard run. He hit the hole. He got some yards after contact. I think that's what this team needed to see because he is going to be a versatile weapon. I don't think he's going to get a ton of touches because they still really like Singletary. And we were just talking about Moss, but I think he'll make the most of the opportunities that he's given. Yeah, there was one play. It was his longest run, I believe, the 19 yard run where he kind of had a cutback over the left side. Mm-hmm. And there was a move he made out in the open space that he just shook a defender and I was right there. It was coming, coming right at me on the field. And it was one of those moves you go, Oh, that's just different. Like guys just don't do that at this level to NFL defenders. And you could see the natural talent right there. By the way, I like Weddy because as you said, <laughs> you could say it because it's like me getting into, I'm not a big water person. Like me getting into the water, I kind of tip my toe. I kind of get, and then once I get in, I'm like, all right, I gotta go. I gotta go. Just, just get the shoulders down. Just jump. You just just jump, gotta jump. Are you, right. are you, are you a warm shower guy? Oh yeah, for sure. See, I I am too, but I know there's a lot of people and there's apparently like a lot of health benefits to cold showers. Yeah. So I've started to like try and like ease into it a little bit and it is really hard. It sucks. I'm a warm pool guy too, by the way. Like if the pool is not like 85, I'm, I'm don't even ask me to go in because I don't even love to go in them in the first place. That's like a bath at that point. Yeah. That's what I want, man. That's good. That's what I'm Totally. I feel like I feel like ideal pool temperature on a hot summer day is like 78 degrees. Oh no, the way too way too cold for me, man. Now see, you're gonna like those cold showers as you as you yeah. keep going there. All right. So Matt and I are gonna do a 53-man roster projection. Let's start with the offense. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus 